This is Colin Zenshu, the podcast, episode 334 for the week of May 19th, 2013. What up, hey, us? Welcome to Kan Zen Shu, the podcast, an extension of the all encompassing Dragon Ball fan site. Kan Zen Shu. That's right. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and a little bit of entertaining. It is raining in all locations, so it's a pretty chill episode right now, man. I think across the entire United States right now, it's just raining. Just rain everywhere. everywhere. Yep. We're going to hold ourselves up and talk about Dragon Ball. My name is Mike Vegito EX, and joining me, haven't been here in a while, it's been Julian and I for several weeks, but I kicked him out, told him to go to bed, brought back Mr. Hujio over here. How you doing, Heath? Well, I think he deserved a good night's sleep for once. Totally. I mean, he's got kids, he's got translating, he's got work. I guess you have all those except the translating, but switch out well, translating yeah. for website work, and it's kind of all the same. It's all the same. It's all all under the same umbrella. Yeah, essentially. But I've been doing good, you know, good. hanging out with the kid, doing work stuff. A lot of yard work all of a sudden because <laughs> it's actually gotten nice out. Welcome to homeownership. Yay. I told you my story earlier about how I really tried to convince myself to go break down some branches in the backyard. And I am not motivated to do a damn thing today. Nope. So <laughs> Nothing. It did not get done. It's crazy. You're doing the podcast, though. Well, that is much, much more important. So, <laughs> All right. Good. And I also can just sit and not really do much. We have our priorities set here. All right, right, man. Well, we both have beer, and we're That's sitting right. in front of computers in our basements all by ourselves. <laughs> it's true. I know. It's so, so sad and lonely. Uh, you and I, we have a very chill episode ahead of ourselves. I am heading down to North Carolina. Really, at this point, in just a couple days for animazement, We'll be taking on press obligations, I suppose you could say. You know, I'm this so excited. Really snuck up on us. I feel like it seemed like forever ago that this was all announced, and we're like, oh, God, we've got like well over a month at all. I know. Bam, Tell me here. about it. Felt like this future non happening fantasy event thing, but now it's like, oh, got to drive coming up. A lot of driving for you. Yeah, it's that, right. You gonna... said that's around nine hours. Uh, no, it is like six and a half, six I think, and a half? but we're going to stop and stay with my mom along the way. So right. actually kind of break up the trip. So be good. See some family, see some Japanese guests, see some more family on the way back. And that's trip. Signed, sealed, delivered. Yep. So dude, you and I, we're going to chill out this episode. It is May. It's a busy month for us, but also for the Dragon Ball universe. If you've been following along with us at Kanzenshu on Twitter and Facebook, we've been sharing some of these wonderful days in May that have exciting events over in-universe in the series. So Heath, you and I are going to pull out a couple of our favorite events from May in the age calendar of the Dragon World. That's our little uh, kind of non-topic. We're just scraping. I don't want to say the bottom of the barrel, but that's what we're doing this week because I it's got a convention to head a off to. It's still great topic, though. It is. It totally so, is. It was just a last-minute decision, so that's why I can't give myself too much credit for it. Because we're so motivated. Well, to be fair, there is something else I'm working on in terms of audio that maybe I will tease at the end of the episode. So it's almost like I'm doing two episodes at the same time, so cut me some slack, you, Whoa. Heath, and Whoa. everyone else. Step off, all right? Well, I've been doing content work. 
that you I have. I think no one has really noticed yet. Uh, I occasionally do because when I'm signed into analytics, I can see like preview pages and all yep. that stuff. So I'm like, ah, someone's working on something. What is this? It yeah. might include an interview. Nice. All right. So we got that stuff. I guess let's do some news. Yeah, we might as well, you know, all one of them. Heath, Dragon Ball Heroes Ultimate Mission is kicking ass and taking names. I want to get your perspective on this because I obviously cover all the video game news. So I know you get a chance to just sit back, digest it. What are your thoughts as you read this each and every week? I want to buy it. Apparently, there is something very kick-ass about this game. I don't know what it is. We've never seen anything like this before. Well, at least not in decades. And the ones that have done well usually do super well for the first week, and then the second week, and maybe the third week, just like most games, and then kind of fall off. Ultimate Mission did that, and then it came back, and then it went away, and now it's back again. I don't get it. I don't get it. I said this with Julian for the last couple of weeks. I don't understand. I don't think anyone understands. Maybe Nintendo or Bandai or somebody, they're just out there hoarding these and they're like, let's just keep buying them and throwing it into the market. So it's very deceiving. I don't you know. You think so? You think they're no. actually holding back these I cards? I doubt they would like, do ha, that. Ha, ha, ha. Sales are dipping. Let's put some more out there. I doubt it. So here's what's going on. The 11th week, it did dip from its 10th week last week, uh, dropped about 50%, 51% to be exact, did 7,359 additional copies. So right now, Media Create says that Dragon Ball Heroes Ultimate Mission on the Japanese Nintendo 3DS over this 11-week period has shipped 184,516 copies direct to Japanese consumers that are now playing it in their Japanese Nintendo 3DSs in Japan. That's an ungodly amount. It is and it isn't. I mean, when I you mean consider... for Dragon Ball. Yeah, is. I would say it is for Dragon Ball in 2013. Because yes. especially the console games do significantly better above like the 500,000 copy mark. And that it's always been that way. Right. I mean, console usually always sells better. Those are also international releases, but the 500,000 is usually the Japan number. So still, it's a tough comparison, but this one has, all right, let's say modest sales compared to previous games, but it has a far longer initial tail going on than any of those games have had. So if anything's going to keep it in the public eye. I guess these slower, consistent sales will do it. Yeah. Heath, this continues to do well at a, uh, use the same word again, a modest level. Can you attribute this to things like the continued support of the arcade version, uh, Victory Mission over in V-Jump? These are probably all contributing, right? I think probably the arcade game the most. Okay. Just, uh, a lot of people maybe haven't played it, and then they go and play it, and they realize, hey, there's a handheld game for this. I'll yeah. pick that up, yeah. too. I think it just, everything works so well in collaboration together just for Dragon Ball Heroes. Mm-hmm. It's been phenomenal to see this whole thing develop over the years. Yeah. I mean, it's in everything. I know we've said it before, but if there's one thing right now that works very, very well for Dragon Ball, it's Heroes. Totally is. All right. So we'll just keep watching this. And every, what is it, Wednesday when they update with these sales figures, you can probably picture me there at my desk being like, what? type, 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 whatever. So that's that's my week every week with Ultimate Mission. You bring uh, an extra pair of pants to work. 
Yep, yep, have yep. to do that because uh, I get a little too excited when I type about video. Heath, let's talk about May. Okay. May is weird in Dragon Ball. Probably the most important event throughout the entire series that happens in May is probably the Tenka Ichibudokai, but there are also tons of other events tied in with that that all happen in May. It's really weird. Is there just something about this time of year in the dragon world? Is it like the alignment of the planets and the stars in the dragon world that just causes all this shit to go down? It very well could be. We also know that this is Toriyama's favorite time of year is spring. Mm -hmm. He hates winter. He hates the cold, but he hates summer where it's really, really hot and he likes the spring. You know, nature is coming back. So Uh that might have something to do with it. And it's probably a lot easier to draw during this time period. That's true. Snow and and whatnot. Nothing special to have to draw and consider. I mean, maybe some trees. Most of the time he has his people go off into wastelands or whatever to fight anyway so right but i think that's a very good out of universe Uh perspective in universe i don't know it just seems like a lot of the time skips even end up coming into a may or coming into some spring month right so i I think a lot of that is just it just happens to be outlined that way early on with the Tenka Ichibudoka. Right. And then when he has that again several more times, well, it's going to be in the same date every few years when it does happen. So, of course, that makes sense. And then when you have things like the Piccolo Daimao arc that branches off exactly from a Budokai, well, of course, it's going to be that same month. It's it's right. It happens right there. So, well, and then the. One of the things I always find the most humorous is the fact that the most significant things that we have happen in months like. December and mm-hmm. January are say things like the battle with Frieza and where are they? They're on planet Namek. So not even on earth. Right. So, <laughs> so it's May kind of like a earth. workaround of, well, I really don't want to draw snow. So we're going to move this <laughs> to Just have it go somewhere else. A different planet. Do you think he was even thinking about that? Is he has drawn snow before the red ribbon arc. I mean, he meets snow, although Named in the manga, not really, but all that stuff. So he's done that before. Did he just hate that so much, you think, that he had to have everything else just be this neutral time frame? I really don't know. I mean, it's who who knows what Toriyama is thinking half the time. I don't think he knows what he's thinking. Probably not, no. All right, so I guess let's start. And uh, if our buddy Herms, Jake, was here, the way that he would explain this is the timeline that we have in Dragon Ball on this age calendar really Everything is based off of, if you had to go to one event, there's really only one concrete date given in the series, and that's during the artificial human, the trunks, the cell, all that stuff. We get some dates tied in there, and then everything is kind of retroactively dated backward and forward mm-hmm. off of that. Yeah, the staff, even in Daisenshu 7, a lot of the stuff is merely based off of either the Tenkichi Budokai or any of the events with the artificial humans in Cell. Right. And they, they would just take references from within the manga of Trunks saying something happens so many days from now. Mm-hmm. And all they do is subtract and add and figure out dates, and that's it. I mean, if you go through the series, they're really... We don't have too many dates anywhere. Nope. Nope. It's, it's a lot of stuff based off of hearsay of somebody saying, oh, this is the 20th anniversary of such and such or whatnot. And they just right. go, okay... Or- Three days later, they left or that kind of thing. So you can kind of fit things around there. And sometimes it doesn't always work. We run into a few inconsistencies, but for the the most part, 
you know, it works fairly well. Sure does. So why don't we start? There's just a couple of fun things pre the series starting. And that's, of course, the first Tenkaichi Budokai. The date we have here is uh, May 7th and age 650. I'm pulling everything here from Jake's The History of Ever on our forum, which eventually will be turned into a full-fledged awesome section on Kanzenshu, but... I was going to say, a lot of this looks very familiar because <laughs> I've copy and pasted this. I know. As you know from the, what is it, 15 years that you've been following my site plus Heath's site plus the combined merger a year ago, everything we do usually starts on the forum from a discussion where we're like, hey, that would work really nicely on the site. And then even before our merger, Heath, you you know that Jake would always make these giant threads. You'd be like, hey, this needs to be a section on Constantine. What are you doing? And then you would yeah. do that. Now, at least thankfully, it's all under the same it's, roof. So It's a nice jumping off point, And it, it totally gives is. us the opportunity to have people kind of correct us sometimes yes. or throw in extra ideas we're like you know that's totally cool we have to do right. that too extra set of eyes extra thoughts good stuff so we're kind of doing the the beta version right now as we're jumping through it so this early stuff so we've got that first tenka ichi budokai then the the king of earth actually comes into power on may 8th in age 733 so that's a fun little thing uh a lot of these dates if you want to go check out the thread jake does have where did this come from so there'll be things like in the anime only they might give a reference or a date or how many years ago, that kind of thing. So that's uh, where you can do some of that retroactive math from. But then we really jump ahead. If you want to talk about the series proper, it's uh, May in Age 750, where we have the 21st Tenkaichi Budokai. And everything really just jumps off from there in terms of May throughout the entire series. And there is a lot. According to our outline, it's a bajillion pages. I mean, if you think about this, early part of the series it's not just the tenkaichi budokai but immediately after that we're off to the red ribbon arc i mean it's there's no yeah. time in between we just go which is great i mean you got to keep things going right right and uh, this really feels like toriyama needed to do some of those time skips in between because you do go back and you think oh my god these two distinct we think of them as two distinct arcs back in the manga they were literally like the same day or the next day there's yeah. no break well and even to go to piccolo daimao mm -hmm. right away kurlin is killed and boom there we go right into that it is kind of funny too just because the budokai happens on May mm -hmm. 7th, which is, you know, the first week of the month, typically. And so that gives you three weeks where you're still in May when things happen. Right, right. So, I guess that's a good point. So even if things were going to take a little longer, more than a day for an arc to happen, as we will get to at the very end of the series, which kind of blows your mind if you think about it. But yeah, some extra stuff can happen and you can still be in May that whole time over the course of an entire arc, though it usually doesn't happen that way. But the 22nd tournament is a, a great example because they're not even done celebrating. They're having their meal and it's like, <gasps> wait a second. I just oh that scene in the TV adaptation in particular just gets me so much. Is the look in Goku's face as he runs off? Oh, it's killer, man. I guess maybe killer is a bad choice of words right there. But let's jump super far into the series at this point. This is where all the shit really hits the fan in terms of May, and that's the artificial humans as all this stuff goes down. Big important date, May twelfth, in age seven sixty seven. It's a big year. It's a big month. So they attack, and then. Really, 
everything just happens day after day. We get cell, we get the heart disease going on. We get cell continuing to go around and absorbing people. We get cell announcing the cell games on May 17th. And then we get May 18th, people going in and out of the room of spirit and time. So it's one of those deals where they have this long stretch of time for them. But for us, it's really just a day. So Toriyama can do all that wonderful storytelling where he's really fleshing out what it's like to be inside with the duos of characters for that extended period of time. But really, it's just a day that's taking place here. Well, and then you want to really complicate things and you start throwing in all the different timelines. Oh, my God. I know. (laughs) Great. This is fantastic. I do like the fact that they do the Room of Spirit and Time just because you can flush things out a little bit. And in your head, you're like, you know, reading it or watching it. And it seems like it is taking, you know, like a year. Like, God, they're in there forever. But then you jump back. Literally what you saw probably just lasted a tenth of a second in real time outside. Right, right. So it's really weird when you actually think about it. But then sometimes when Toriyama would jump back in the manga, you could tell a lot had actually happened of like Vegeta fighting Cell and things like that. You want to make things even more complicated. You're talking about the alternate timelines. Let's talk about movies. Jake has a bunch of notes here where Daisenshu 6, it's doing that thing where we're all acknowledging that these movies cannot work with the series proper. Obviously. However... Were they to take place, were you going to try to make them fit or at least be this branching off point where maybe some of that stuff happened somewhat normally and then it branched off to, let's say, Broly or to Metal Kula? That stuff would still have to happen in May, according to where this is all going on. That's crazy. And it says that on most of these movies, there's just an alternate universe somewhere. Right. And it's like, geez, how many universes are we going to have? How many timelines? This could get really damn complicated. Let me interrupt and we'll, we'll go back to some of the Chosenshu stuff in the Battle of Gods. What do you think of this whole 12 universes thing? Is that going to tie in with maybe additional stories in the future? Or are they laying the groundwork for this kind of strange multiverse where the movies do take place in these alternate universes that they're going to acknowledge somehow? Seems like a, a very arbitrary thing to toss out there as this little tidbit of information. It seems kind of like all of the above. I mean, it really explains a lot of these alternate universes where these events, these movie anime only events can happen Mm -hmm. where they don't conflict with the main story. Right. And at the same time, it is, like you said, very arbitrary of, it's such a minute little fact that's never come out that they just kind of inserted. And it's not even necessary in Battle of Gods to say it. Yeah. Well, besides the fact of the dialogue where uh, Beers says that, you know, oh, there's so many gods out there, whatnot. I'm one of them. But even still, I feel you could have talked around that a little bit. It's, yeah. I don't know. It, it's too convenient, but uh, we it were saying the same like thing about very, the Makayoshin. A, a very good setup of, hey, if something ever happens in the future, we can always... It, it would be nice to have this mm. put in so that we can just reference this and we don't have to really yeah, worry okay. about explaining anything. Yeah, I I, I usually don't jump into in-universe discussions, but I've been having fun with a couple of them lately. And something that I really feel strongly about, and I want to try to get across to people, is that the way the movies work, just like we were talking about, they obviously don't take place in the series proper. And by series proper, I mean either the manga or the TV adaptation, because they're close enough, and other than things like the Garlic Jr. arc, nothing really happens in the TV series that can't make it happen 
you, you know what I'm getting at. But yeah. then the movies, the way they take place, maybe it's like this weird butterfly effect happened, whether it was Trunks traveling back in the past. So I like when he comes back and he says, these aren't the artificial humans that I was talking about. Maybe we're seeing a branch from another timeline and what should be the series proper. Maybe that went off into DBZ movie seven or something like that. You know what I mean? Where these things happened, but in this other alternate universe. Yeah. And then, I- and then you have examples like, I, I, the one I want to toss out there because it's too crazy to even think about, and that's why I want to think about it, is Plan to Eradicate the Science, where you have Tullus, Slug, and Kula all at the same time. But movies three, four, and five really can't work in the same timeline as we saw them. But maybe a version of movie three happened in a timeline where a version of movie four happened. Well, it's like, like for instance, you have movie two. Yeah. You know, Dr. Wera. Sure. Right. And Goku, or the Kame mark on his front, the Kaio mark on his back. So you're like, okay, well, obviously we've already fought Vegeta. And but we, then, we got a flashback to Piccolo being defeated by Nappa there. Right. But then at the same time, we have Gohan, who's there, who should be on his way to Namek or already there. Right. And everybody's healed. So why would Goku, you know, and then you get into those things and it's like, that would make perfect sense if that were just an alternate universe and something a little different happened. Right, right. And this happened instead. And then maybe they went to Namek later on. Mm-hmm. So they're fun discussions. And yeah. what's great is that there is no answer. So you all kind of have to just sit back and go, hmm, hmm, yes. But what about blah, blah, blah? They're fun brain teasers that get your mind going. Right. And I feel like the extra universes give us just this little bit extra to jump off from instead of saying, well, it's a movie, it's a side story. And that's as far as we could take it before. But now we've got this little something where you can be like, oh, man, what if you try to fit these all together? And maybe it didn't happen just like this. But uh, so anyway, all this stuff happens in May. All of it. Yep. And then you get the cell traveling back and forth, you know, got to go find the laboratory, all these things. And it's just cram packed. And then you even move on to some of the Majin Buu stuff. Yeah. That's even in May. This is crazy because really we're talking about the span of two days. Two days. May 8th. And May 9th. Yeah, that is a crap load of stuff that happens. The entire arc, the entire story arc takes place over two days. Isn't that crazy? You think about the Budokai, it's like, okay, yeah, maybe that all takes place over the span of a day and then later stuff maybe over the TV only over the span of a few days. But this, oh my God, how many dozens upon dozens upon dozens of episodes? Sure, you mean... The Boo arc, we'll consider it starting in episode 200, but really we've got the great Saiyaman stuff and then some of that other early Budokai stuff as well. And then the end of the series, we've got some of the end filler and the oop stuff. But there's a good batch of, what, 60, 70 odd episodes there? Yeah. Two days. Which is hilarious because when you look at it from this perspective where you actually know the dates... Yeah. Then it's like, think about how much this is dragged out, yet everyone always bitches about Frieza. Yeah, I know. And it's like, I know. Well, what about this? And then you look at the Boo arc. I mean, you look at most of the arcs, they are actually much more condensed than what you think. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's just, it's kind of funny. Everyone focuses on one only because they make the reference to five minutes. Right. I mean, there's reference to time in the boot arc, but then we do get things like the room of spirit and time with 
Piccolo and Gotenks and Boom inside. So we've got some extra stuff going on in there. I feel like Toriyama can do some different things. Like even when Vegeta's fighting Pui Pui, I mean, what is time there with Babidi's spaceship? Those kind of things. So maybe that can extend things out over a day. I don't know. What do you think? Well, that's a lot of fighting in one day. It is. I, I mean, mean, not even just the fighting, but just all the talking that goes on. <laughs> and then we're off to uh, Kaioshin's realm, all that stuff. I mean, we're all over the universe during this arc. So I almost feel like, what is time? Time is just relative, right? Well, relative to what? Well, that's weird. I guess if you think about it that way, you take all the dialogue in each roughly 20 minute episode, <laughs> and then you could figure out how many episodes. And compare it to the days. And- well, the average talking speed of a sign is blah, blah, blah. And if we compare all these lines, now we're getting well, into almost like screw attack, trying to figure things out because there's because nothing to do. Science can talk faster than the speed of light. Okay. So, no. I'm not Citation needed, sir. That's... <laughs> That's terrible. I'm sorry to everyone out there. <laughs> uh, and then, I mean, we just keep on jumping forward. We jump ahead to the 28th Tenka Ichibodokai at the end of the series, obviously on May 7th in that age, age 784. There's so many things that take place in May. And I feel like we've talked a little bit about the out-of-universe uh, perspective. Maybe it's Toriyama wanting to take things easy, not have to draw extra weather. And then the in-universe where it's he's kind of set this precedent for... Budokai related things. So you think about 21st Budokai, he sets the stage for the entire series, jumping into the Red Ribbon arc after that. 22nd leads into Piccolo. 23rd kind of wraps up that portion of Goku's life. Then we jump ahead to the Saiyan stuff, and there's a little bit going on in May during that arc, but it's kind of a longer period of time there. Frieza arc, I feel like, is one of the only times we're not in May. Or at, like, more the beginning of a year. Yeah. Which is, yeah, really odd. And, of course, we're on a different planet. Right. And then the rest of the series is all in May. Yeah. The entire rest of the series happens in May. And we only have one more Budokai that we really see after that. Right, which it's a Budokai, so it's in May. Exactly. And then all (laughs) of a sudden, the artificial humans, all that, it's like, what? (laughs) Okay. It's really, really fun. And uh, I, I think for the remainder of the month, the couple of dates that we do have, I'll continue to put up some of these fun uh, little tidbits and screenshots maybe, and stuff. Maybe it's because he talked to his buddy Nakatsuru, uh-huh. whose birthday is in May. Oh. And he's like, hey, let's do this. Fun tidbit. I, I don't know. Was he the one that they didn't even meet until GT? Yeah, started? until... Um, was it the beginning of GT or after GT? It was GT-ish. So, I mean, we're yeah. already talking about a decade. They later. met at a party or something. Right. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> so maybe that wasn't it. All right. So, I mean, this was not much of a discussion as it was going down the list. And we're like, man, that's weird. But uh, I want to hear everyone's thoughts. Do you have any out-of-universe explanations? Or do you want to get fanficy here and give us an in-universe explanation? Is there someone on Beerus's realm of power that's influencing... Like, is there a god of time that just makes all of this stuff happen around this cosmic time frame? I'd love to hear something like that. Someone get writing. I think there are good stories to tell. I really do think that we hit the the precedent really was the Budokai. Yeah, That I was. really think sets everything off. If he would have picked a different month, that mm-hmm. probably would be the month that most everything happens in. Right. And we would be talking about August and it wouldn't feel like, why are we talking about August? Because that 
That just yeah. is. Hmm. Which I guess is kind of interesting to think about. The, so the series ends with the 28th Budokai, correct? Mm-hmm. Which happens on May 7th. Well, the series came to wrap basically at the very end of May in real life, you know, beginning right. of June. Yeah. So it actually kind of tied in a little. So that's kind of neat. That's cute. That's nice. All right, man. That's that's our topic. Let's call that's it a that. Fun topic. I, it was. I like that. That's why I, I like the let's just do nothing for a little bit and just talk about stuff. We need these every once in a while. We do. All right. So before we wrap things up, we did put out the call on Twitter. Y'all's got any questions? Y'all's got some questions. Right, Heath, this is the most basic question. I was considering not even answering it because how do you answer something like this? Let's try doing it anyway. Maybe our opinions have changed over time. Who's your favorite Dragon Ball or Z or GT character coming to us from Gabriel? Oh, (laughs) God. So we're covering all three series? Yeah. Favorite character. Come on, man. Okay. Favorite character. I still always have to go with Piccolo. That's a good choice. I mean... Toriyama approved? The the, the smartness. And I like his character. (laughs) The smartness. Yes. Okay. I mean, he's he's really smart when it comes to fighting. He thinks things through, especially after he fuses with Kami. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I always kind of liked I liked his really badassness and Furukawa. You know, amazing. He's my man. So yeah, that helps too. If I had to choose a character, I don't know. I'm probably dumb. I'll just go with Goku. He's just. So enjoyable Jeez, to Mike, read and pick watch. Pick a more obvious answer. I don't know. I mean, I love so many characters. The, the great thing about Dragon Ball is that there's so many characters that you can, whether it's relate to them on some level or just find some trait about them that really gets you or even gets under your skin. I mean, there's plenty of characters in the series that you can love because you hate them so much. Toriyama wrote such a brilliant cast of characters that I refuse to answer on the grounds that it may incriminate me. And then he forgot about half of them. Yeah, he did. <laughs> I always see like Red Ribbon Army. I always like to think back to that because there are so many characters that he brings out and they're all oh. very different. Yep. I mean, I loved Blue. Blue was awesome. Well, yeah, I guess you're all about Furukawa here. Come on. Yeah. So, yeah, that's I really like that arc just because of all the different people they bring in. Number mm-hmm. eight, Murasaki, yep. Blue. You know, it's just even Red. I mean, you can't be more ambitious than Red and be yeah. so stupid you know i I feel like a lot of people dog on the red ribbon arc and to some degree i do agree with that but every time i go back and read it in particular not necessarily watch it but read it i gain a better and better appreciation for that arc yeah i i mean i can see both sides of the coin for it because Mm -hmm. it does have some things that you're like really now we're doing this (laughs) and then other things you're like this is awesome and it's just almost so funny it brings back a lot of that humor Almost from Doctor Slump, like the American flag. The, yeah, <laughs> yeah, all the stuff. Oh, it was great. Um, I ran out of tatami mats, and here I here's my porn stash. So here. good. All right, let's move on. Then we got okay. other questions. There's some good stuff. Um, Heath, let me ask you this one from David. What does the cast? I guess the uh, group of characters in the series look like from Shenlong's point of view. Selfish. <laughs> They look selfish. I, I, I think he was looking more from a physical perspective. Oh, they're visual probably type very thing. red. Um, you know, <laughs> oh, red. Okay. The world has a red tint. Uh huh. Probably right. to Shenlong. Um, but mostly selfish. I think it's a good I, answer. I, I think that <laughs> physically, I have no idea. Yeah, probably what, what do you like think about the scale? Down there. Oh, scale. Yeah, I mean, he's oh, pretty they're big. Pretty, they're probably like ants. Yeah. 
Wouldn't you think? Yeah, well, I don't know if they're ant sized. Maybe like gopher sized. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know why I went to gopher. Like little annoying things that he probably wants to just step on. Yeah. Yeah. Let's say that. It's weird though because you get some of the panels drawn by Toriyama, especially early on in the series, and Shenlong does not look that big. It's true. Yeah. L- like at all. And yep. then you go later on, it's. Oh, let's compare him to Capsule Corp. He's well, this big. And yeah, like, and the anime the? exaggerates that stuff, too, sometimes. Yeah. It's it's just really weird. This is a great question, actually. Dragon Ball Z Legacy of Goku 2 or Dragon Ball Advance Adventure? Which one would you have to pick as the best, I presume, or the worst? Mumbo Jumbo asking this here. Um, yeah. All right, so I played Legacy of Goku 2 to completion. Mary actually played Legacy of Goku 2 to completion. Uh, what year was that? I, I got to look these up real quick. I remember buying Legacy of Goku 2, I think because it was right before I was heading down to an AWA and I wanted something new to play on the plane i was in college at the time i think because they both came out in 2004 uh legacy goku 2 is 2003 so yeah it was still in college oh yeah the international release was in 2004 oh goku 2 international yeah Yeah. um so i since i was in college i wasn't buying every game the instant it came out so it looks like it came out in june for us awa was probably like august ish or september that year because i remember not buying it right away Uh, i did buy it to play on the plane and stuff Uh, i played it to completion i think mary played it maybe if not that year maybe a year or so later which is kind of crazy you think about mary playing through a dragon ball game what what decade is this i don't know advanced adventure was what 2004 Uh, november uh we got it in Oh, no, dude. We got it way late. It was 2006 for us. Oh, yeah. Remember? <sighs> That's right. It was so delayed. What's going on? Is this coming? And then I think it was announced and then delayed. And then I tried to pick it up on release date and no one had it. I don't know why I didn't just order. Oh, maybe Amazon didn't have it readily available either for release date. I remember at the time it was really tough to get Advanced Adventure when it first came out. I can't believe that I waited so long to buy. I can't believe I didn't just buy the Japanese version immediately. That's the kind of shit I do now. I guess that's the benefit of being an adult and be like i'm not waiting i'm just buying yep. it now it's like a couple of years later when i bought uh harikanaru on ds as the japanese release came out first I remember being like i can't play it but i'm gonna try playing it very different times being a fan between college and then uh the adult living job world uh all right so if i had to choose the two here's the thing i didn't really play advanced adventure to completion i don't know why because it's awesome advanced adventure is so goddamn good so that's my answer and i really need to go back i don't know why now you I want ha- to Ugh, i have not given it an appropriate chance to kind of live in this nostalgic world and now i'm half a decade too late wait no more than that and i really wish it did live in my nostalgia portion of my brain but unfortunately it doesn't because i just didn't play it enough i think that was around the time when i started buying lots of games and playing them for an hour and then dropping them and then moving on to something else seeing an advanced adventure is really good to just i think it's a game that you can pick up and just play you totally and set can. it down yeah and and totally forget about it and come right back and pick right back up where you left off i really need to do that i mean yeah it's it's right there i i even play that and i don't play a lot of handheld video games mm. very often so if you had to choose between the two did you play legacy of goku too i did for a little bit yeah yeah so i would, I would go... definitely pick advanced, advanced adventure. adventure yeah yeah 
that was uh, some would say Dimps's finest hour in terms of Dragon Ball. I mean, you go between that and uh, Budokai 3 and or Infinite World and you've got a developer that really, really, really knows the franchise and the love and dedication they show to it in those two games. We'll consider Budokai 3 and Infinite World kind of the same thing, but then you even get to things like Shin Budokai 2, but I guess Infinite World took things from Shin Budokai 2 and Burst Limit. Infinite World's a weird game, man. It's just like, PS2 is done, and we're going to incorporate elements from not only the previous PS2 game, but the PSP game, oh, and the next generation game back over to here. Weird. It was really weird. It was a good game. Damn good, except for the single player. Damn good game. Uh, Let's wrap it up. So, Heath, next week, Animazement down in North Carolina. I will be there. Mary will be there. I know a good portion of the Consensual audience is like, there's no way I'm missing this. I'm going. So I look forward to seeing everyone there. I will be, let's say, working, uh, covering all the stuff there. And when I'm not working, I will be at the nearest bar waiting for you. So come on down and join me. My goal is to have the most fun this coming next weekend. The guests there, we're talking Masako Nozawa, Ryusei Nakao, Toshio Furukawa, and Yuko Minaguchi. I am beside my fucking self with excitement right now. Cannot wait to go down. And you get, like, reserved seats. Uh, I think they said not necessarily of. everything, but, dude, I'm so psyched. I am so psyched. I <laughs> am so jealous. Plus, the great part is only working a short week this week. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and it's Memorial Day weekend. Yeah. So it's not like a huge rush back. Yep. Then oh, I got Monday nice. off, take my time, coming back. Yep. So we got that coming up. I do want to thank everyone who's tossed in donations into our let's call it the informal donation appeal slash drive right now for consensu trying to pay these monthly bills because it's getting more and more expensive and it makes such a big difference i'm not gonna harp on it we will have a formal thank you for all people we'll start naming months for groups of people right now i think that's probably the best way to go about doing it thank you everyone heath next week on the show it's not going to be a numbered episode nope it's going to be an awesome, fun episode. Correct. I have called in some favors. I have seen these favors. It's going to be awesome, man. I think people will really enjoy it. I think so, too. And I think for a lot of people, uh, it's probably right up their alley. And if you don't, there are some really fun stories. So Right. So look forward to stories and more. Not going to spoil it for you, but uh, my goal is to have it ready to go on Sunday for those of you that are going to the convention or other conventions. Is Anime Boston next weekend as well? I think it actually is. So Actually, I think you're right. Sucks for you folks, but my goal is kind of uh, refresh your podcast feeds that morning. You'll have an awesome episode to listen to for your commute back to the homeland. Uh, it's going to be really, really good. That's why I'm doing two episodes at the same time right now to have it totally ready to go so i don't have to do any work for the site at the convention while i'm doing work for the site and if you're ever really bored and you haven't checked it out yet we've got the really best of the best podcast thread going on on the forum oh we do yeah yeah yeah. that was actually uh suggested i don't want to say suggested but um one of the members on the forum is going to animation they have a nine hour drive and they're like no i'm very recent to the podcast what's some of the best stuff i can check out so i was like you know 
That's actually a really good question. Here's what I think some of the best episodes were. But uh, if you follow along with Consensio, I toss it out there on Twitter. Uh, you know, what do you guys think some of the best episodes were? And then I asked on the forum as well. So we've got this kind of here's what people collectively think might be some of the best of the best episodes. So if you're looking to throw, oh my God, if you want to listen to hours upon hours of us talking about Dragon Ball, you can do it, man. Well, just show up to Mike's house. Just show up and it just happens. No, please don't do yeah. that. Please don't do that. Heath, That's it. thank you. I feel like I'm losing my voice and we've only been doing this for how long? Well, I've got 49 minutes, yep, but 49. I think 15 of that was when my router killed <laughs> That's itself. true. That's true. So, so subtract it out of there. It's great. Yeah. All right. I got to get to uh, doing my processing. I got two episodes to work on, man. Thank you for joining me and doing this uh, little episode. Did he have? Well, thanks for having me. You know, it's it's a great Sunday to lounge around and do nothing. That's and what I want to hear. That's pretty much what we did. yep so we will have some fun content coming up i think i will try to keep the uh ship in shape while you are down in excellent yonder south united states so i do plan on filing reports in some capacity like to do some panel recaps so you can look forward to that kind of stuff so that'll be good um what side stuff do we have going on right now julian has been back into translation madman mode we do have the akira toriyama is it the super interview is that what they call it latest edition uh yes the latest edition from the chogashu Yes. Right. So you can check that out. And then along with that, we put up Julian's translation of Shenlong Time 7 from, of course, Daisenshu 7 back in 1996. There's kind of two parallels between that and the Chogashu interview. And that's why we wanted to put them up together. That's the uh, Toriyama moving to computerized digital art and also Dragon Ball GT. So uh, definitely read those in conjunction with each other. I wish someone would, you know, just show up and be like, here's a really kick ass computer. Can you use this? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Must be nice to live in that world. Must also, be. also, I did some cleanup on that image from Katsura because, you know, when you scan those things, the paper's kind of thin, so it bleeds through a little bit. Thank yep. you. I did a fantastic job. Oh, You Mike. did? Yes. I yep. think you should pat yourself on the back. I totally did that day. Actually, that yeah. wasn't bad. The The worst part was the cover of Shenlong Time 7. It was Those are a pain <sighs> in the butt. It was butt. awful. The bleed through was terrible. And I was only shrinking it down to, what, like 300 pixels tall or whatever. Well, but it was still not terrible. Only, not only is the bleed through terrible, but the fact that when they're printed, they're not black and white. It's no, like it's a brown red. on a cream yeah. paper. And it just comes off really weird. Awful so, to try and work with. digital. It looks yeah. wonderful in person, but digitally it... Totally doesn't. Yeah, the Katsura one, I decided to do grayscale, but for the Shenlong Times cover, I I I just kind of kept it as is. But the cleanup on that was a bitch, man. I have them all scanned and archived (laughs) so that I never have to do it again. Did you already have it cleaned up? Uh, probably. Damn it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I didn't spend too much time on it. It was it was just enough to be like, okay, I feel good, but not enough to be like, well, why am I wasting my time? That's good enough. Yep. So we got that going on. Julian's translating some other stuff. We're trying to dip back to archives of translation things as well. So that's Julian's world. You got anything coming up? You've been kind of just plugging away at other stuff? Uh, yeah, I've been doing chapter pages. Yeah. Uh, at some point, I'll get back over to episode pages, get those caught up uh actually what i've been working on mostly lately have uh, i'm going through and making new pages for old guides that we've never covered before i've been thinking about maybe which is taking one of those as well yeah yeah, i just wanted to get them up just so they're there and of course then as i go i realize well 
Okay, there's a translation that goes with this, so I better do that. <laughs> right. And then it has, oh, there's more pictures that could go with it. Oh, yeah. there's board games that come with it. Maybe we should do something with that. And yeah, it just snowballs. That's the problem. It's like, oh, I should fill in this little thing. But filling in this little thing means, oh, God. Yep. It, it, you just sit there and you go, why did I even know? Just know. But oh, that's, well. that's Konzenchu. Yeah. We do it because we love and because then we can lock ourselves in our basements all by ourselves. <laughs> Yep. All right, man. So we got Huchio over here. My name is Mike Vegito EX. This was episode 334 of our podcast. Glad to have you here with us. We'll check you next week for an unnumbered special bonus episode of Awesomeness. So see you then. Uh, com. Keith, wrap it up. Thanks for joining us this week, everybody. We'll kind of be off next week, but you'll enjoy the bonus episode. And of course, everyone going to Animazement, have a grand old time. Buy Mike lots of beer. Thanks. <laughs>